Hey, everybody, we're back. It's uh, Brian and Rich. We're back for track lunch. Brian, what's yes. up? How's it going? It is going well, going very well. It's cold 20... down here in the Florida part that we live in. Yes, 2022, 2022. And uh, yes, it is cold. I'm, I'm sitting on my back porch right now. That, that's something a little different for us. We're, we're not in the same place right now. We're trying a little new method to our uh, recording to get the, the recordings out a little bit more frequently. So uh, we'll, we'll give this a shot. But uh, so far, it seems, seems pretty good so far. Yeah, it does feel like with 2022, bands are getting back on the road, so concerts are happening, albums are coming out, so we have to find the most efficient way to get the most of our episodes out there. So we got it. We got to get with it. So exactly, exactly. And, you know, and for a little, little behind the scenes track lunch for everybody. So normally like most people that record using the, the app that we do probably do what we're doing right now. Like 99% of the people probably start that way and then maybe move into something more sophisticated. Whereas we did the complete opposite. We like started <laughs> recording, like <laughs> we have sophisticated recording equipment from, from being in a band for all these years. And then we were just using the app simply to upload uh, the podcast once it was already edited, recorded the whole bit, like two, you know, podcast catchers and all that stuff. So now we're 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 going in reverse. We're like now going to try like what most people probably uh, the way that they use the app. So we're we're gonna give yes. this a shot. But uh, hopefully more episodes coming at you. Um, and so hoping, uh, we'll... hoping my Apple earbud can capture my uh, my voice quite uh, like my or sm7b does in the same yeah. way so hopefully. yes yes and uh i am i am using my uh my iphone speaker uh so we'll <laughs> <the> microphone <laughs> speaker so we'll we'll see how that goes and we, we have to adjust on future recordings but um yeah. let's uh let's launch right into it uh why don't you tell the people what what album we're going to be discussing today we're really excited about this uh this album yeah so when we our last episode we discussed the new war on drugs album and uh we talked about our new you know, for this new season of track lunch getting into album reviews and so we were very excited about that and uh so with this new episode we are discussing the boy named if by mr elvis costello it just came out last week Yes, uh, Elvis Costello and the Imposters, uh, to be specific. Uh, oh, because... I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. No, I was I was listening on Spotify and I was looking for the Imposters, and they only mentioned Elvis Costello. So I don't. I, I apologize to the Imposters. Yeah, well, well, and interestingly enough, on Apple Music, if you just search Elvis Costello and not Elvis Costello and the Imposters, like it's you go to the Elvis Costello page, and this album is not on there. It's actually on the Elvis Costello and the Imposters page. Okay. So yes, very important distinction. Yes, the boy named If just recently released. I what I uh, what blew my but mind that's about a, that's this, a good note real quick. Just that's a yeah, good yeah, thought yeah. because Elvis Costello like Tom Petty had you know did band albums, has done solo albums and so there is a difference and this one is on the album cover. It does have Elvis Costello and the Imposters. And so it seems like you know Petty every time he was solo he was uh, with uh, uh, you know Jeff uh, Jeff Lynn producing it, he was kind of in that camp. And um, but he, when he was with the uh, Heartbreakers, he was with you know and other group of people. And so same thing with Elvis Costello. He kind of picked certain albums for the Imposters and some just by himself. Yeah, and I and I, I think uh, the, and we'll we'll get into this, but this very much feels like a and the Imposters album to me uh, for, yeah. as, as far versus an Elvis Costello solo album. But um, what blew my mind just in looking at this, and I'm sure they're counting all of his solo releases plus stuff with the attractions, but this is his 32nd 
studio album, which just yeah. I was I was floored by that. What a is what that, an is, that in Dil- is that in Dylan territory? Or is he past Dylan at this point? Uh, that's uh, it's it's probably neck and neck. I was blown away. I was listening to actually I was recently listening to a podcast. It was is our Conan O'Brien needs a friend, and it was from like a year ago or more than a year ago, and he was talking to Willie Nelson, and Willie Nelson's put out something like seventy albums oh, i think yeah. so i, I, I listened was, to that episode and i love that it's so good you probably listened to it like a year ago when it actually came out and I'm, like, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm that far behind on podcasts but um but before uh, before we launch into the the discussion of this album specifically since we haven't talked about elvis costello or elvis costello and the imposters on the on the pod before i thought it would be cool to talk about each of our sort of introduction to uh him and ha- how we uh came to an awareness of elvis costello or uh, or uh, mr declan mcmanus as is his yeah. um his real name and uh we, we we have a friend uh who's who has a son named declan so uh That's shouts right. to daniel if you're if you're listening hopefully he'll be listening out there but so how uh how did you come to be aware of uh, mr elvis costello yeah so i my first elvis costello listenings would probably or listens would probably been on i remember listening to um uh my aim is true actually no it wasn't on my aim is true it that was allison that was the big song up there and watching the detectives but his second album uh had the single radio radio and that was the song i remember i heard that song and i can't remember specifically where i heard radio radio but i loved it and then i saw him play on elvis on saturday night live with the famous start stop he was playing um uh less than zero and then he, he was supposed to and then he started into radio radio the famous saturday night live clip that got him banned for like 20 years from saturday night live and mm-hmm. um, i heard i heard it there i heard the the audio recording of it um and then i just i became a fan and, and then from there I started collecting everything i remember going to my local record store it was sound exchange at the time and if you're a late comer to an elvis costello or to elvis costello you basically need to get a part-time job to afford all of his music because because he has that many albums as we talked about that you've got a lot of buying to do and so i started buying every album and at that point they were releasing cds with um all of the bonus tracks so they had like i remember um you know almost blue and 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 all those albums that he had already put out he had a second disc with them of like a million bonus tracks and outtakes so I was catching up. I heard Radio Radio, loved it, and started buying the whole collection from there. Yeah, it feels like he was kind of ahead of the game on that. And those I remember those bonus discs on those albums, those deluxe editions of those albums. The, the, there was more tracks on the bonus disc than the yeah. actual the actual album track list. That that's that's cool. I I kind of I feel like I kind of came to Elvis Costello a little bit more. Um, Kind of peripherally, I what I recall, and this this uh, as as, uh, as I get older, my memory gets gets worse. But I recall my first really becoming aware of Elvis Costello. I'm sure, like in the, in the '90s and stuff, I, I'm sure I saw like the Veronica video on MTV and stuff like that. But where I really, really kind of came to an awareness was I'm, I'm a huge as are you a huge MXPX fan, and I remember yeah. that when they were on tour for the Ever Passing Moment, which was an album of theirs that was hugely inspired by Elvis Costello, even down to the level of the cover of the Ever Passing Moment is a is a take on the Get Happy album cover, it's sort of their their little take on mm-hmm. on that, an homage to that. But I remember at the show on that tour, uh, Mike 
uh, saying that they played a cover of no action from this year's model. And I remember him saying, you know, who, who here has heard of Elvis Costello? And everyone's like, oh, you know, no one, no one. Knew. And he's <laughs> like, well, if you haven't heard of him, you should. And he's like, this, this song is the song that he did. And it's really awesome. And he's really cool. So you should check him out. And I remember them playing that cover song, no action. I'm like, man, this is awesome. And so then I, you know, I kind of started delving into it. And then I think that was probably early on in our friendship. One of the artists that we, kind of mutually discovered oh wow yeah this this is a guy that we're both into and it, and it sort of grew there and that's a good segue talking about concerts and elvis costello we've we've seen him numerous times i know we've got yeah. some stories we could share you even more times than me i was i was counting up i've seen him four times two at hard rock live one at house of blues both in orlando and then once at ruth eckard hall in clearwater and i'm sure you've seen him many more times than that even yeah, I don't. I couldn't count. I I know that I've seen him a couple more times than you. And I, the one that always sticks out is he was touring with just with Steve Naive on the North album, which was um, kind of like his own original standards type of album, and and um, very gloomy, very New York in the rain kind of an album. I love it. Um, I think that was around the time he uh, met or married Diana Krall, so he was in love and kind of that. You know, she, her, I think she had an influence on him in those songs. But I remember he played at Ruth Eckert Hall in Clearwater just on that tour. And uh, I waited outside uh, like a stalker and, uh, and and got to meet got to got to meet him before he got on the tour bus. And he signed my uh, my album cover and took a picture with me. And and of course, just like every fan in every picture, you're like a smiling nerd. And the artist is like the coolest guy there, not smiling, just looking tough. And that's that's exactly how my picture with Elvis Costello was and is. Yeah, I I uh, I don't have a picture to show for my um my almost or sort of Elvis Costello encounter. I remember <laughs> at the time that we saw him at the House of Blues, uh, and I, I can't remember if we've told this story, but I'm gonna tell it again anyway because it's funny. Um, and uh, we were you know we were kind of hanging around out front after the show, and we we were kind of near the tour bus, kind of like you were when you saw him on that North tour. And uh, he's, we see him like coming out and I'm, and I'm like there and, and you're like, you're like, go shake, go shake his hand. And I, and I kind of ran up and I was like, Mr. Costello. And I, yeah. And I like, I uh, shook his hand and that was it. I didn't, I didn't get a picture, but it was, um, it was, that was, it was a moment. Something. I felt like, I felt like thinking back on that moment, it's like you and I, and we're like, you know, uh, you know, Kevin and Paul from the Wonder Years and like, you know, Carla or, or Winnie or somebody was, you know, in the uh, down the hall and at the high school. And I'm like, go, go talk to her. Go, go. And you're like, go do it. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then uh, same, same kind of moment. Well, and the, well, and I, I, that's a whole nother podcast. Which one of us is Kevin and which one is Paul? From yeah. the Wonder Years? That's a whole nother. That's a whole nother discussion. We should we should think about another. The other funny concert stories. I remember the very the, the last time we saw him at Hard Rock Live. I remember like I, I for some reason I had got the tickets and instead of you that time and we were like driving over there and you're like on your app in the car. I'm driving. And you're like, you know, we could get some better tickets. And, uh, and, and you're like, you're like dragging me kicking and screaming and you like majorly upgraded our, our tickets. And before the show, you were able to offload one, if not at least one, if not both of my tickets that I had bought. And we had like way better tickets. And when we sat down, you're like, looking at me, you're like, yeah, see, see, isn't this, <laughs> yeah, isn't this better? Exactly. So, 
So listeners, if we ever in the future have a have a contest where it's like go go to a concert with uh, Rich and Brian from Trek Lunch, uh, Brian will be handling the concert arrangements and <laughs> possible upgrading of the tickets uh, before we uh, before we walk into the venue. So um, you never know. You never know who's trying to get rid of those uh, third row seats for nothing. So and it was it was a sweet deal, and it, it, they were much better seats. So my a, a tip of the cap to you, sir, for for that. Um, I wanted to say real quick, just back yeah. before we get into the album, because I yeah, think yeah. there's probably a lot of fans of uh, that listen to this podcast and friends of ours, like you said, who are like those people at the MXPX show that may not be into Elvis Costello or may not really know him. But I think it's 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 definitely worth mentioning the impact that he has on probably all of the bands that you guys listen to or, or we listen to or they listen to. Because it's like I remember when Green Day came out with the um, – what was the the album with Church on Sunday on it? Yeah, um, yes. And yep. that song is incredible. Minority, song right? Sounds like Oliver's Army. You know that sound. Or that warning, song. Warning. Warning. That yeah, album, yeah. That 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 song and like they, I felt like their whole style kind of shifted. So now, like when you listen to Green Day, you there's a couple of tracks in almost every album now that kind of have this twinge of Elvis Costello, just like MXPX does now. Yeah. Yep. I I remember you know uh, we're we're big fans of uh, Ultimate Fake Book. And yep. they had what what drew us to listen to their album um, to buy it from our record store was the little um, little sticker they had on the on the shrink wrap that said uh, it said something like Elvis Costello used to write songs like this in elementary school or something like that. Yep, and yep. that, that middle was school such, or yeah, something like that. Middle yeah. school, and that was to us being Elvis Costello fans, was like okay, this band Ultimate Fake Book is gold, and so and they were exactly right. So he has such. It's like the beat. Everybody throws around the Beatles and Dylan for those kind of lifetime influences, or the Beach Boys. But like Elvis Costello and any kind of punk band, indie yep. band, yep. any kind of that style, I think he has a bigger influence than people realize. One hundred percent. Yes, I I agree. One hundred percent. And I mean, th- and really, um, uh, w- and we'll throw out a couple other of his album names, uh, album titles. I'm sure as we're going through talking about this, but th- this is actually like kind of a good album to to get started on. I feel like, um, yeah. if, you know, if if you um haven't listened to him before, but well, I guess so. I guess without further ado, um, let's talk about the boy named If. What what were your? I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it uh, to you here. You're definitely between the two of us. We both are big fans of Elvis Costello, but you are uh, by far the more uh, seasoned Elvis Costello historian and uh, and expert and guru than me so i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna let you uh, i'm gonna let you take lead off here in in talking about overall impressions of the album and then i'll back clean up and then we'll uh after initial impressions we'll talk about maybe some highlight tracks from the yeah. album for us yeah i am definitely huge fan I, I i really do like every album he puts out there might be a few um like the juliet letters and and some of those uh i think taking liberties is another one there, like, there's a couple of moments throughout his career that I didn't love, but for the most part, I like everything and love most of it. Even the last couple albums, I know maybe you weren't a, as big a fan, and, and I didn't love those last couple albums he put out, um, but I still enjoyed it. There was a couple of tracks in each one that were just classic Elvis Costello. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I heard this one, especially when I got to uh, Penelope Halfpenny and The Difference, I felt like I was hearing tracks from from um, uh, Blood and Chocolate, which is yeah. probably, I would say arguably his best album that's like elvis costello at the peak of his angry like just pissed off powers you know he's like you know the the punk rock meets his kind of quirky british style 
I mean, because he's like super angry on Blood and Chocolate and, and songs like I Want You and, and those songs are Crimes of Paris and Blue Chair. There's just so, um, every song is so good on there. Tokyo Storm Warning. And, and in this album, it's like he's happier because he's like he's, you know, he's older. He's been married to Diana Krall. And, and you know, I think he lost his dad not too, too long ago. And when I read that book, um, that audio book mm-hmm. that he put out, yeah, you know, Visible but, like, just Invisible Ink. And so he's times have changed in his life, but he's super, you could tell he's super, you know, pleased with where he's at and he's at a good place. So mm-hmm. it's like the kind of happier blood and chocolate. That was my first impression of this album. And I was really pleased with that. No, that that's, that's a great take. Um, and, and it was so cool. Cause I remember when we, when we first kind of talked about this a little bit, I had already like done, read a couple reviews and stuff. And um, when you, you like, texted me and like said that about it and i'm like holy crap you're right you're right in the uh the right wavelength with this and i, I was feeling the same thing um i just th- this you're exactly right in that the last couple of his albums I, I haven't really loved um much of the stuff he's done lately just you know again um just with you being a more diehard fan you're kind of you know you're you're you have season tickets as as bill simmons says right you have season tickets for elvis <laughs> costello um and I'm, I'm a little bit more selective um but when I when I listened to this album, I was like, man, this this is the in my, my opinion, I, I enjoyed this album as much as anything since probably when I was cruel or the delivery man. Um, yeah, yeah, just really, really strong. I, I what I really liked about it was that um, it sounds that the production is amazing. It's it sounds very crisp, but it manages to do so without being slick or overly produced sounding. Uh, It's like a 2022 version of what those old, you know, kind of mid career kind of, but peak of his powers, Elvis Costello and the attractions records sounded like, or if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, like blood and chocolate, when they recorded that, I think they kind of recorded a lot of that, like live in the room, like with a PA just rocking. There's like a lot of bleed over in some of the tracks. And just, I I felt like that this album kind of captured a lot of that same energy and had that vibe um and it just uh it it just delighted me you know and um i I even there's we'll talk about this when we talk about highlight tracks i mean i I even got vibes going back to like this year's model on on a couple songs Mm. um and it felt like you know there was some songs on here and i I don't know if this is true or not but it felt like that they could have begun I, I could hear some of these songs beginning from like a jam like the band just in the room him with the imposters just jamming um yeah. and and that that developed into a song and I, I don't know if that's the case or not but i felt that and that I, I liked that feel it just felt very organic the way that everything came together on this album yeah i i agree totally i mean it, and I, just to add to that just to feel like I think I'm just so blown away because his songs, I mean, think 32 albums, you said the songwriting on this album is unbelievable. He's still telling stories. He's mm-hmm. still find, finding new things to sing about and to write about. Yep. And then there's one more thing I want to add. Just first impressions. His voice is so strong. Usually when artists get to their, I think he's at, he's, is he late sixties or he's got to be in his he's, early seventies. He's, 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 he's late sixties. He's late, 60s. late sixties. Yeah. Like I remember seeing him on that North tour and, and he, he is definitely one that does not shy away from super like powerful vocals. Like when he sings like God, give me strength, the Burt Bacharach song yep. that he did with, from that painted from memory album. Like, when I saw him at the North tour, it's just him and a piano. And he's like filling the, filling the, uh, the, the room 
just with his voice a lot it's like amazing and then on this album it's the same thing when he gets to the end of the track uh, track five what if i can't give you anything but love if you listen to like i think it's like the last 20 seconds of it or 30 seconds there's a moment his voice gets so high and it's like gosh i just i, I can't imagine at that stage in life your voice is in top shape your songwriting is amazing it's just it's just he he blows me away every single time so i i would argue that his voice is getting better like yeah. be, be, because it, because you know even though those first those early albums like you mentioned like the um like this year's model and um you know and in his uh, golly what my aim is true like a lot of those early albums his, his voice is great then and it's very distinct he's always had a very distinct voice but i feel like then he was doing a lot of um it was it was almost you know there, there was a lot of yelling as much as singing going on and now his voice is just this finely tuned it, it's another instrument that he has and and he just he wields it uh just just amazingly i don't know if, if is this a good segue for us to get into talking about like some standout tracks i know you mentioned yeah let's, uh, let's do five, that what, what if i can't give you anything but love what were your what were your other re like really standout tracks on the album and, and, and things that you liked about them so I know the first moment out to me, other than that vocal line, was the bridge on uh, the boy name If. When he mm -hmm. sings, it's something like, take you to magic land or magic something land. There's one more word I can't think of. But there's a, the bridge of that song. When it hit that, like when it first, like the, the track one and two was like, okay, this is pretty cool. And then he hit that bridge and it was like, oh my gosh, this hook. And this, the way he sings this, this is going to be good. It was like this yeah. moment of, this is classic Elvis, Elvis Costello. And then standout tracks. So those are like moments. But standout tracks, Penelope Halfpenny. I thought he almost sounded like John Lennon, like kind of like a, a kind of like a, because he's singing differently in the yeah, verse. Yeah. He, he's, he's like he a like weird a, kind of effect or something. He had a definite affectation to his voice on that song for sure. Yes. Yep. It, it I sounded like well. John Lennon singing mm -hmm. uh, Maggie, like a uh, dirty Maggie Mae or whatever, like yeah, from the White Album, you know? It's yep. like, yep. it sounded like he's doing something cool with his voice. Um, the song, um, uh, of course, which I know you're going to get into. I know you love that one. Oh, yeah. Um, Gosh, just really, I was just the, the run from track three to seven just just knocked me out. And then like, there's um, I, I, it finishes the album finishes so good. The Mr. Crescent, it's mm -hmm. like his acoustic guitar. It almost sounds like I Want You from Blood and Chocolate. Yeah, it's just it's just yep. so good. Um, those were the couple of moments and specific songs that really jumped out at me. Yeah, for for me, um, uh, you mentioned the boy named If. I thought that that song, the, the bass line in that song, is just unfreaking believable. Davy Davy Farragher, his bass player, which by the way, Elvis Costello and the Imposters, as you know, but for the listeners, it's basically the same band as Elvis Costello and the and the attractions, except swap out on the bass. Davy Farragher is the new bass player, where Bruce Thomas yeah, was the original Thomas. bass player. But man, they have not lost a thing and i know live and also on the record i know um davy sings the, the background vocals and man he, he just harmonizes so perfectly with uh with ec but i i didn't know i i couldn't think of the, the boy named if it it had a vibe to it it felt very elvis costello but also very modern at the same time like mm. i couldn't put my finger on a specific another uh, a different elvis costello tune that that reminded me of but at the same time it felt like super elvis costello um, you're exactly right. Track four, the difference, a classic 
Elvis Costello tune. I love the part. Um, Which also it, has amazing bass on it, too, uh, the difference. That, that, yeah. boom, 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 that running bass line. Oh, my gosh. There's some very McCartney-esque bass on yep. this whole album. But on, on the difference, the where is it? Do you know? Do you know? Do, and then do yeah. you know? And then, and then like it kind of holds out the do you know? And then Elvis is like he, the, the wrong from writing it. But it kind of drags like a little behind the rhythm. It's, it's like that's classic Elvis Costello stuff. Um, paint the red rose blue I mean mm-hmm. this like oh my gosh you talk about like his voice his voice on paint the red rose blue it, that song to me is a showcase for his voice and it, it's the way that he had the, the control that he has yeah. over his vocal just blows my mind and my, my favorite line in that song is when um, it, it's near the end and it's like now she and I share unspeakable pain and, and the, the way <laughs> yeah. the way he sings that line, I, it like it, I I felt like I was almost getting choked up when when wow. he sang that line, and it was just like oh my gosh, just th- that's that might be this is a hot take, very hot take, but that might be my favorite Elvis Costello vocal like performance ever. Okay. It's just it's just so it's beautiful and it's very delicate, but also at the same time it's like very raw and got a rough quality to it also it's his voice is just um, quite amazing um i want to say two uh, things about that about that song yeah yeah do it over there just for for a second like if for our listeners and we i mean i know we've mentioned this person a million times on on track lunch but if you haven't heard mike viola Uh, um his his new album has a song called drug rug and when I heard "Paint the Red Rose Blue," the little riff of that, the mm-hmm. like the the it sounded similar to the riff on "Drug Rug," the yep. the way the verses are. Um, and so check out Mike Viola. And then it also this song kind of felt like one of my only really uh, standout tracks on his last album, which was "Stripping Paper." There's yeah. a uh, there's a song called "Stripping Paper," and it sounded this was kind of like that the same type of song for that one so which would give it that one the couple of tracks in my opinion that were that were strong and and he and um uh mike viola is another guy who i'm sure is a huge elvis costello oh, yeah totally. um, uh mistook me for a friend i love that that to me when i mentioned this year's model that song totally had like a pump it up vibe for me yeah. and i thought man they're like they're taking it all the way back uh and then my, my last uh super standout track for me was my most beautiful mistake i really liked the film imagery uh in that i'm a, I'm a big like movie nerd guy and so like the, the line and and he says action and that's a take you know delivered with just like the the cutting costello vocal you know performance and prowess on that line i um i also really liked the the trick out the truth the second to last track just such a spooky vibe and i thought like the lyrics to that song are insane it's it's like word salad but it it totally (laughs) works and i i don't know um his his ability as a lyricist is just is crazy i mean his, the yeah. lyrics he comes up with that 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 part of his uh, repertoire is very dylan-esque uh if you ask me i mean he he's got just a proclivity uh for coming up with amazing lyrics and i don't know if he like keeps a journal or if he just like you know kind of free associates writing you know and just then goes and grabs that or if he just kind of does it more off the cuff as he's working on the song i'm not sure but it's it's really uh it's something to behold for sure he talks about it a little bit in in uh the uh, his autobiography that he, he put out um 
but a uh, little bit. But yeah, he's he's amazing. His lyrics are just as I said. I'm just always as a songwriter. I'm always impressed, and that's the only word I can think of to use is just impressed with someone who can always find something interesting to write about. Cause that's where I struggle is just, you know, sometimes I just don't know what to write about. Like I can get melodies and, and songs ideas, but I don't know what to write about, you know? And he just, is just a, a, a you know, just a wealth of, of information and, and, and knowledge and just, he's just so good. It's just always impressive. Yeah. Um, I was going to, you know, I would say uh, if, 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 us, if Elvis Costello or anybody from his uh, camp is listening to track lunch and planning the next tour, you know, my hot take from this album would be I would be OK if Elvis Costello and the Imposters came through Florida and played the boy name if as a whole. I, it's to me, it's so strong. Oh, yeah. And just just give me three or four classics. Give me, uh, um, you know, just a couple a couple of tracks that are my favorites. You know, accidents will happen or I hope you're uh, happy now. I hope you're happy now. One of my, I probably my favorite, um, uh, favorite track from a um, couple of tracks there that I can think of at the top of my head. Allison, of course, is going to play that, but yeah, it's just, yeah. it's so good. Um, what's the track that, uh, man, man out of time. That's my, yeah, that's my, yep. other, that's my yep. other jam. If he brilliant came mistake. through, brilliant mistake. If he came through and did a, it, wanted to do a tour of this whole album front to back and then just threw in, those five songs that would be an awesome show and i don't know the last time he's had an album this strong that i would say that about yeah i would i would agree a hundred percent this like i said this is my i i really 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 like this album a lot um it, it's it's an the album of his that i have liked the most like i said at least since when i was cruel or the delivery man and i think if, if i'm being what about, honest what about mom what about momofuku though that had that had some really like that's almost like the junior version of this album to me like that's it, you know what and you, you've you've just inspired me to go back and re-listen to momofuku because it has been quite yeah. some time since i have listened to that and I, I need to go revisit it with you just saying that because i um i def i, I just i love it's been a long time since you know we've been talking about how much we we love Elvis Costello, but it's been a long time since he's put out an album that I can say like I really love just yeah. front to back. I, I could not agree more about the whole you know tour play this thing front to back. He he doesn't come to Florida that often. You know we're we're very very we we, we snatch up those tickets when he does come to Florida because it only feels like about once every third tour or so does he make it to anywhere in the sunshine state? He, he, mm -hmm. he doesn't, uh, I'm noticing a lot more artists are like avoiding Florida now. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. He could, I don't know. All the Florida man stories are true, but, um, yeah, yeah I would, he's definitely, he is not disappointed in this album. If you're, if you've been, if you feel it all let down a little bit from the last couple of Elvis Costello albums, or you're one of those people that we've been talking about that doesn't really know him, but you listen to all his other bands, trust me, check out this album. Yeah, we could not. I think what I'm uh, what I'm hearing here is we're giving it a huge, huge, huge track lunch yeah. endorsement, 100. percent Like this is you definitely know, a uh, this is definitely a reheat or a uh, or yeah. uh, we're gonna take <laughs> take it in the lunchbox again. It's definitely yes, a solid meal. Yes. Solid meal fills yeah. you up. It's good stuff. This this would be one I could take every day for lunch and and not get tired of it for sure. <laughs> so um, and you know the funny thing about this, I just want to I want to say this before we close. Yeah, um, yeah. Like. You know, if you're thinking this is the rebirth of Elvis Costello, I would say, you know, hold hold the phone just a bit. First off, he's never gone anywhere. And, and but secondly, 
he does whatever he wants. So the yeah. next album, the next album most likely is not that it's not going to be good, but it's probably not going to be the rock and roll. This, some of these references, the blood and chocolate, the, the this year's model, he's going to do whatever the heck he wants. So it could be him and a brass quartet, you know, it, yeah. it, he kind of, he, every couple of albums, he does this sort of thing where other artists, you know, that, you know, like a Dylan or something like that have totally abandoned some of those original roots and, and highlights and, and just kind of done his own thing. But Elvis, that he's such a fan, like he's so true to the fans for that reason. You know, he gives you, he gives the fans what they want, but he does it on his own time every couple of albums. And that's, yep. you know, you got, you got to admire that after all these years. So. Yep. But it's, it's just, I'm just thankful that he's, that he's still going strong and that he's still, you know, it, like you said, that this far into his career, you know, we're, we're, I mean, going on, um, you know, n- nearly 50 years into, uh, you know, I, I guess we're around probably around 45 years into into a career and still putting out stuff this strong. Um, there's there's not very many artists that you can say that about. So props to him. Um, you know, man, what a great album. If, if they would just not release these things as a double vinyl and just put it all on one vinyl with, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, with six, six tracks per side and a, at a one album price, that would the only thing that would make this album better. I, I'm so tired of the uh, the new the new uh, uh, merchandising uh, uh, business model, which is double albums and charge three, double price and, and three tracks per side. We have to like three get tracks up every, per side every like yeah. 12 minutes and flip the record over. Yeah, that's a pain. Yeah. Yep. Other than that, we are we, we hit the target with this one. So yeah, no, I agree. So just and just in closing it out, thanks for listening, and we'll uh, keep keep an eye on our on our Instagram particularly. Uh, we've uh, Brian and I have talked about also in between these uh, these episodes. Um, we're going to try and as uh, each of us individually maybe come across an album or something that we're into, um, you know, that we just want to share with you guys. Uh, we, we might just throw a, a quick uh, video of, of a minute or two up on the Instagram just talking about, hey, I'm listening to this. Check it out. It's really cool. So keep an eye there. on. Instagram. So would you consider that like a snack? Yeah, yeah, that would be a snack. That would be a track lunch snack. This is this is more like the entree. These podcasts yeah. are like the entree. But yeah, maybe some so snacks. Snack good, good, good. Or... We're we're working this out as we talk on the podcast. See, we're like we're like so animal cookies during the day. Animal yeah. cookies during the day in school. You got to have something to tide you over till till uh, sloppy joes at lunchtime. So. Yep. Yep. So we're, uh, we're going to try and, and keep, uh, keep some content coming your way. So uh, again, any of, uh, those of you out there that are listening, we really appreciate it. This, this is fun for us. Again, these are conversations. We've always said this at track lunch. These are conversations that we would have anyway, and, uh, we're delighted to, to share them with you and, uh, hopefully you, uh, you get some enjoyment out of it and hopefully discover some cool new music too. So, um, anything else to add my friend? Oh, just welcome to 2022. It's going to be great. Lots of new stuff coming. Lots coming from Track Lunch, and uh, I'm excited to to bring it to you. So. Rock and roll. So, uh, so for uh, so for Brian, this is uh, Rich, Rich and Brian, and uh, we'll see you later. And uh, let's make a lunch out of it. A pencil from the flower to tell just where my fortune fell. About a boy beyond my caution before I lay beneath his spell. And he said, Do you know, do you know, do you not chance know?
showing the difference.